Hello, everyone, and welcome to Sterling's Business Success and Coffee Podcast, kindly sponsored and supported by Sterling's group coaching programs and Fix This Next. This free online business assessment tool enables you to pinpoint your business's vital need. Keep listening for top business tips and advice to help you level up and scale up. Here's your host, Simon Meadows. Hi, everyone, and welcome to this podcast episode in which I'm joined by Paul Lemire. And Paul had a conversation with me just last week, and it was such an intriguing conversation. Um, We spoke about being a guest on my podcast, and it's great to have you on the podcast today, Paul. Thanks so much for having me, Simon. And listeners, Paul holds a BA in secondary education and Spanish uh, from Western New Mexico University, Uh, He's also an ordained minister through a ministry called Global Effect. Uh, In his 20s and early 30s, he worked as a youth and associate pastor, as well as a missionary and translator for various teams. At the start of the pandemic, he, he, I've got to always sort of uh, giggle a little bit when I, I, I see that, you know, so many people, uh, saw the pandemic as a shift and a pivot. And uh, you know, what a seismic shift you had. So you ended a decade-long career as a high school language teacher to launch Lemire Leadership Solutions, a coaching, training, and speaking business aimed to equip transformational leaders and those aspiring to make tangible impact in the lives of those they serve, their communities, and the world at large through a values-based, people-centered approach in business. And yeah, that's such a, a shift, isn't it? You know, going from the the background that you you have, Paul, and looking at the pandemic and deciding to put that decade long career behind you and go into something which is is an interesting thing to get into anyway, but also to move from education into coach, uh, coaching is quite a, a step. Tell me a little bit around what what led you to that and what led you to that change? Because that, that's that's quite a shift, particularly in pandemic times. Yeah, um, so that's a great question. And it's it's one that I've thought about a lot um, mm. also my career as a teacher. You know, teachers are, are forced to wear more and more hats. You know, society is changing. Um, this current generation has a lot of needs that, you know, previous generations didn't need. And, you know, it got to the point where I was always working and being somebody who's into personal growth and development, I just didn't have the time that I, that I really needed to dedicate to the things that I wanted to grow in. Even in terms of education, I wanted to read more. I wanted to, to grow my own education to become a better educator, but I just didn't have the time. And I, I, I think I created a wall, even during my summers, I had two months off, but there was this block that said, what's the point? You're going to have to yeah. go back and why get into something and get really excited about it just to have to, to go back to the grind of, you know, lesson planning and grading and, you know, yeah. trying to, trying to do professional development and hit the, the standards and hit social emotional development in that. So that's really what led me to, to desire a change. Okay. Um, and this, this career path really, it's kind of a win-win for everything because it allows me to grow personally as a coach. Yeah. I've constantly got to be growing uh, in order to serve my clients at the agree. best possible level. Yeah. I, I, the reason I, I find it, you know, certainly here in the UK, 
you know, when you think about yeah, an economic crisis, banking crisis, pandemic, the one thing generally that people hang on to are positions and roles in education or in government, because generally they're the two that you know are pretty recession proof and pretty sort of crisis proof uh, in, in many ways. And to take a step out into being an entrepreneur, first and foremost, and also into coaching and helping and serving people uh, is, is quite a, a step of, of faith. And, and I use that because obviously, you know, as I was reading your bio there, you talk about your ministry and you know, being a, a, a pastor. Was there any kind of, before we get to talk about coffee and licorice tea, because I know you're drinking licorice tea, but I mean, I'm intrigued to, to explain to the listeners a little bit about any faith-based step in that decision as well. Uh, well, I tell people that I have a bias. I have a kingdom bias. Mm. And everything that I do has to pass the litmus test of, of the kingdom of God. And, you know, the values-based part is pivotal to that. I really believe, for me, my, my faith is my foundation. And yeah. my wife and I have talked about it. I don't know how people go on with life without having any absolutes that they can stand upon today whatever people view as truth can be truth, even, even right down to your gender now. And for us, we need to have something that we can launch from something solid that we can call a foundation. So yeah. we do have some absolutes, uh, but everything that we do, it's, it's got to pass that, that litmus test because right. no matter what I do, my purpose is really that, that, heaven would would invade earth and my heart yeah. is to see god's will here as it is in heaven by influencing influencing influential leaders yeah yeah and and i think you're absolutely right you know it, it is as as christians it's very difficult to see uh, people who are taking steps are taking decisions on a complete absence of of faith of any kind of faith other than a false faith in you know, what they're told by the press and by you know, people out there as well with their own ends in mind as well. Um, so I'm great, but you've, you've set off them that great foundation. I love the way you say the litmus test as well, because you know, I'm sure we, we're all in all aspects of our life could run more through that litmus test as well. I think that's really, really important. So let's talk about the, the drinking. I know you said that you, know, you do drink coffee, so we'll talk a little bit about the coffee that you, you like to drink first thing in the morning. But in the moment, you're drinking um, licorice tea. So you're, you're the first guest in, I don't know how many episodes this will be when it goes uh, <laughs> live, but you're the first guest to actually have licorice tea. Now, if there's one, uh, I suppose here in the UK, we call it sweet. You know, um, as, a, as a kid, you know, a lot of kids have licorice treats, licorice sweets. Um, I must admit, licorice is my least favorite of anything that I can even think of. So tell me a little bit more about the licorice tea and, and why you're drinking that. And then tell us a little bit more about the coffee. Yeah, um, I guess, uh, you know, we're, uh, I guess, about five o'clock, almost 530 UK time. Uh, mm. it's, it's just afternoon here on the East Coast of the US. 
so I, I drink my coffee typically one cup a day uh, yeah. early in the morning when I wake up, but it's cold and licorice tea. I like this brand called Stash. Um, it's not it's not organic. It's not anything special, but uh, my uh, good friend actually got me acquainted with it. And the first thing I noticed 10, 12 years ago was it's, it's a very mild licorice flavor, but it, it leaves this taste on your palate a moment after you you swallow. Okay. And it's just yeah. this really nice, sweet taste. You don't need sugar in it. Um, so it, it's just a great, great tea. And my wife says to boot, she's a health and wellness coach that according to my blood type, that licorice tea is really good for me. Yeah. And that's the thing, isn't it? You know, licorice is a, a medicinal product, isn't it? You know, I mean, I, I live just down from a town called Worksop here in the UK and that's pretty renowned with the production and with the foundation of licorice and licorice sweets etc so yeah if you listeners if you google licorice and workshop you'll see that the, the two are combined there so uh, yeah fascinating that uh, you're drinking that so tell us a little bit about the the sort of the weather that you have there you mentioned it's cold and I know you're you're in sort of New England so Tell the listeners a little bit about why it's so important that you have a good warm drink. Uh, well, last night, we if we didn't get down to single digits, we're, we're Fahrenheit here, US system. Yep. Um, but if, if it didn't get down to single digits, it was pretty close, probably the coldest night of the year. Wow. Uh, the weather is really funny here. It can, you know, we had rain this week. Uh, we had an ice storm this week and we had snow this week. And you know, whenever, whenever the, the, the rain leaves, it usually gets really, really cold in the winter. So uh, the rain just left a couple days ago and, and we're kind of in this cold spell, but in a few days it could, we, we could get 12 inches of snow or we could get a warm front that comes in and, and bring some rain again. And it'll go up to, yeah. you know, 35 or 40 degrees. Yeah. What you have to remember, Paul, is that 35 degrees Fahrenheit over here is still feeling pretty cold, for, even for our winters. That's, that's pretty chilly. So right. we're probably, what would I be at the moment? Uh, we're probably about 38 today, 39. And okay. we would call that a pretty chilly day here in the UK. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, certainly, certainly a bit of a difference there. So what, what's your favorite coffee uh, and how do you take your coffee, Paul? Oh, I wish I could tell you I had a favorite. I like dark roast. I prefer dark roast. Okay. I like it black. Yep. Uh, I was never a big coffee drinker. My, my father has lived on Folgers all of his life and it's, it's terrible. Uh, okay. It's just terrible. He put sugar and cream. And then I had a student bring in Colombian coffee, the real deal. It was really good quality okay. Colombian coffee. And I remember him serving the coffee to us without any sugar. And I thought, wow, this has got a really full, robust flavor. And I mm. thought if coffee can taste like this, I might, I might be able to get into it. <laughs> and I, you know, I, I've always been real natural, you know, not wanting to, to take anything in me that's, that's artificial. It's going to give me energy. That's not, not from within me. Uh, yeah. But when my twins were born almost four years ago, I had to start drinking coffee. <laughs> uh, it became one of those things. If I didn't drink it to take off that edge, I was not going to be a very nice teacher. I was not going to be a very nice husband or father, um, yeah. but it's grown on me and, and it, and it brings a clarity, uh, you know, so that I can, I can read and, and think and process really, really well in the morning. Yeah, sure. Yeah. But I do like dark roast and I like a good quality coffee. Uh, my wife lived in Tanzania. I, I, I spent a lot of time in Mexico and Central America. So having that, that good quality uh, yeah. coffee makes a big difference. 
Yeah, and and I think one thing that uh, all the listeners will agree with as well as we've gone through this podcast series, more and more people have talked about the way that coffee is processed, and you you don't really think about the chemicals and the the processing of coffee. Uh, you know, we we see fair trade, we see organic, but very often it might be organically grown but it might not be organically processed or it might be organically processed, but not organically grown. And there's so many different things to look out for now that I think, you know, certainly myself over this podcast series have become so better educated in looking at how our coffee is actually taken from where it's grown to where we're drinking it right now, because there's so many steps that can affect it along the way. So, so I'm glad you look at it in that way. So, Thinking about your your time uh, as as a coach and in in your business, and you know, you gave us a little bit of an insight into the to the bio that you've sent there, and certainly having that value based, people centric approach to to leaders and people in business. What's been the latest or most significant thing that you've actually worked on or uh, taken some fixing in your own business? Yeah, I, uh, I love this time of year, you know, mm-hmm. this is, I'm a big reflector and, you know, over the last, you know, 12, 18 months, as I've stepped into this journey, I've become a, a more of a reflector than ever before. Um, and that's saying quite a bit, just stopping and pondering, going back, looking at my journal entries and things that I've processed from, from weeks ago and months ago and making sure I'm staying up to speed on that. Uh, one of the things that I like to do at this time of year, before I set the goals, and it's something I learned about four years ago coming out of a very tough season, was the importance of taking time to reflect on the accomplishments and all of the learning from, from the current year before you jump into the goals for the next year. Yeah. And, and thinking about business and you know, as a new entrepreneur, it's kind of a simple response, but it's a profound one at the same time. One of the biggest areas that I have overcome and I have grown in over this year is, is me. And, and it's, it's, you know, having grown in, in recognizing limiting beliefs, having grown in uh, relationships with people, having grown in understanding the power of beliefs uh, the power of what we put our faith in and, and how we see ourselves. And having that chance to sit down and look at those, those lessons gives me a chance to solidify a whole year's worth of learning yeah. so that I can take those things into the new year without having to repeat them. And it's interesting, isn't it? Because, you know, we often hear the, the Einstein quote, you know, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. And, you know, it's interesting that reflection is something that people do take time to do this time of year, this, as you say, this, this season, but then they just don't take the time to ensure that they don't repeat the things that didn't go that well. And if something didn't go quite that well, why would you repeat it? So are there any things from your reflection that, you feel that you absolutely you don't want to repeat or you would like to avoid next year? Is there anything you'd like to share with listeners as part of that reflecting process that has helped you avoid those particular areas? Uh, let me think. 
think. Anything in a personal life? Yeah, or anything I'll, in the share, business? I'll share yeah. one. It, it was an insight that I had this year. Mm. Um, you know, I, I, I made this change of, of, of life and career at 40, the, the traditional stereotype, 40 years old. I didn't buy a yep. red car, but I, <laughs> I, I, I changed careers. I did like what many people do at midlife. Yeah. And uh, it's been amazing the self-discovery at 40, 41 years old that I've had um, and, and the, the revelation that I'll be learning about myself till the day I die and, yeah. and even into eternity probably. But one of, I, I learned a couple things this year. One of the things I learned, I, I have a heart to serve. I love to serve and, and I love to serve people's visions because I like to see progress. I like to see growth and yeah. it's something that motivates me. But I realized that it's really important not to accept a position or, or step into a role of serving that's not in my strength zone. And, and what, what I realized was happening is I was stepping into a place of serving, which, which was, which was good. It was, it yeah. was a good thing. It, it brought me favor. It, it, people realized that I was genuine, a person of integrity, but when you're not in your strength zone, you can't, you're not going to have the success that you could have otherwise. And, and that, that did affect my career. Even as a teacher, uh, I, yeah. I was moved around a lot because I, I didn't complain. I accepted whatever was given to me as, as a servant. Uh, but one of the things that I did realize this year is I'm very selective at this point and, and I understand the importance and the power of the word. No. Mm. Yeah. And I love the way you, you, you refer to strengths. And I think you know, for those listening, if you, if you're ever looking for a coach, um, having somebody who doesn't just sell you a system and a framework, but they, they sell you something, they provide a service to you that, you know, really uses those strengths, I think is really important. So very often people choose a coach based upon a resume or where they've come from. But I think you're absolutely right. You know, different people can have different strengths, no matter where the backgrounds are that they, they come from. But also, if you are a coach or a consultant wanting to become a coach, I think, you know, if any of the listeners here uh, are at that point, it's really important to not try and be the master of everything and play to those strengths. Yeah. And I, I used to be part of a framework where we have 21 silver bullets and coaches used to come to me that I coach and say, Oh, I need to learn all 21 silver bullets. No, you don't. What you need to do is you need to pick those that two things, one you're passionate about and two that you have a strength in being able to give a solution and being able to serve, as you say, they're the ones that you talk to your prospects about. They're the ones that you deal with your clients and, you know, you play to your strengths, don't you? We often hear that. So um, I'm really pleased that, that the biggest area you've seen is growth in yourself, but also that discovery of that strength zone. Because I think for, for many of us, those business owners listening to this, that's something that's very, very important to, to do. And so, I think I think there's another thing that's that's mm. really important to recognize, especially I, I guess I'm speaking to new entrepreneurs a little bit here, uh, but I've I've realized that the process is what makes us rich, and you know, growing ourselves up, it's really 
it's vital to make sure that we don't try to skirt the mountain. We need to go up and over the mountain because I believe that there are things that are, that are meant for us to, to, to handle and contain blessings that are, that are, that we see them, you know, we see parts of them, but I think they're even bigger than we can see sometimes. And if we try to skirt those mountains, we won't have what we need to contain the business when it grows, when it, when it really explodes and takes off. And we want to be at a place where we can contain it, where we can steward it and manage it and really see it prosper to a place of influencing other people's lives and, and impacting others for the better. Yeah. Don't, don't you uh, find, Paul, that people you come across and prospects and clients that, and you know, just, just looking on the TV, just listening to the radio, just seeing, you know, advertising, you know, and I, you, I have to play along a little bit with this uh, as well. People want quick fix results. People yeah. want the shortcut, don't they? Uh, and I often say, you know, it's three simple steps, but they're never easy steps. Okay. Because very often most things are common sense. You know, most of the things that, you know, we help people with as coaches very often is, is common sense, but it's not easy. And as, as a good coach, it's helping people see that it's not easy and getting them through the, like I say, up and down the mountain. Um, what would you say to those people who perhaps are looking for the quick fix and the shortcut? I mean, uh, you know, you gave us a real nugget of, of information there, but some people will still say, yeah, that's okay. You saying that Paul, but I still want the, you know, the, the quick fix. I still want the shortcut. What would you say to people that are forever looking for that? Oh, I'd probably share my own experiences because it's been a process for me. I spoke mm -hmm. about that, that very difficult year where I, where I learned to start writing down, you know, the areas that I had, I'd accomplished and grown in. Yep. Uh, but one of the things that came out of that year was recognizing the importance of going through the season without praying to get to the other side, you know, so mm. often when, when people go through tough times, they're like, Oh God, just get me through. I, I need to just get through. I'll be happy when I get to this place. I'll be happy when I get to that place. Yeah. And chances are, if you're not happy now, you won't be happy when you get to that other place. Um, and this year, you know, it, it was kind of stepped up a little bit more where, you know, I, I, I don't, I don't hope and pray to get through to the other side. I, I, I recognize the importance of it but I'm actually trying to really lean into the tension, really lean into these areas of tension where I don't understand, where I don't have the answers, where I don't have the clarity, um, leaning into the pain of, of certain challenges of life to really experience them because there's, you know, there's so much that is for us if we can recognize it and not just yeah. run through and not just try to escape that pain. And I want to I want to mine every single aspect in these experiences because they're going to benefit me and those I serve down the road. Yeah, I, I, and I, I, listeners, I think that what Paul's just said there is really really important. Yeah, it's about mining. I love the way you said that mining everything from those experiences, because if you do go the shortcut, and, and that, yes, there are some great easy steps to follow. You know, why go the the hard way when there's, there's 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 a better way i'm not saying it's the easy way but there might be a better way you know um but it's important to go the way that is sustainable something that isn't shallow something that gives us everything that we can take away from the the process and i love the way you described that mine everything from the experience that you have take every single little 
bit of value from what you've had. So I think that's, that's an important thing for, for everyone to take away that's listening to this. So if people want to reach out to you, Paul, and find out more about um, the way that you work with people, your values-based sort of people-centric uh, processes and, and methods and the way that you can serve people, um, particularly, as you say here at the end of your bio, you know, nonprofit organizations, educational arena, um, you know, if, if there are people out there that are looking to work with you or find out more about, where, where do they go to to find out more about you? Sure. Thank you, Simon. Uh, I don't have a website currently. It's under construction. Uh, the name of, of my business is Lemire Leadership Solutions. So right now, social media is the best. Okay. Uh, you can find me on LinkedIn. And, and my name is Paul. Last name is Lemire. It's, it's French Canadian. It's L-E-M as in Michael, I-E-U-X. And there's the suffix junior in LinkedIn. Ah, okay. You can also find me on um, Facebook as well. And, and I've got a, a Lemire Leadership private group that you're welcome to join. It's uh, www.facebook.com backslash groups backslash Lemire Leadership. And then and, you and can so also... just, just spell that last name again for us. Yep. It's L-E-M as in Michael, I-E-U-X, Leadership. Perfect. And then my email is dreambelievepersevere at gmail.com. You can also reach out to me via email and get in touch with me that way. Yeah. And of course, listeners, if you you want to pause the recording and write that down, great. Uh, If you've missed any of that and you don't want to go back to the recording, then just look in the show notes and the links will be in the show notes that that Anna does such a great job of uh, putting together as well. And she'll love that I've mentioned her in there as well. So don't give Anna enough credit for the show notes that she does that goes with these podcasts now. So uh, thank you, Anna, for doing for doing those. So, Paul, if if you could give the the listeners one tip, one lesson that they could take away. You know, we, we always make sure in these podcasts that we help people to be better aware, better educated and also to be held accountable. What would you say that you'd like to share that we can perhaps hold the listeners accountable to do something with today, Paul? I think being aware that you each carry something that's unique. Uh, you know, it's so easy in our world to compare ourselves but when we can recognize that that we have some strengths that are that are worth focusing on more than the weaknesses, you know, focusing on developing mm-hmm. those strengths, we start to recognize uh, and others start to recognize those things in us, and we can sit, step back and recognize the things that they are good at, that they're skilled in, that they're natural, talented with, and and we can glean from each other. But I think we're so many of us hold the world back from what we carry, from what the world needs that that we're uniquely designed to deliver to it. Um, so I would, I would just encourage you, step into that place today. Recognize that you bring something unique to somebody that Simon can't touch, nor can I. Mm. Uh, but that one person is able to get a touch from you because you carry something that we don't. Yeah. And, and I was reminded then as you were talking back to a, an event I was on last year, and this lady was uh, doing a, a sort of a... I suppose, a a masterclass session within the event. And she talked about the fact that we're all unique. 
in particular because a lot of people say, well, yeah, I'm not that different to anybody else. You know, and some people have the same skills and the same learning and the same education and the same qualifications. But it's interesting what you said there, because it reminded me of what she said. She says, the one thing that makes every single one of us unique is the journey of how we've got here. Mm. Because each and every one of us has experienced different things in our lives, good and bad. And they've made us the person they've, you know, sculptured us to into the person that we are now. So, you know, listeners, if, you, if you're looking for something that is unique about you, just think about the journey that you've been on. And use what Paul said right at the beginning about the reflection. Reflect on the journey that's brought you to this point as well, because that is always what makes us unique. So, yeah, I think that's really, really useful to look for that uniqueness. Right. Um, so, could I add something to that? Mm, please, yeah. Um, you know, one of the uh, one of the other things that I think we we fall prey to is we're trying to become things that, in many cases, we already are. And I think it's really important. You know, for years, I wanted to be a, I wanted to be a good teacher. I kept saying, "Oh, if I could just, I wanted to be a better teacher. I want to be a good teacher." And I didn't believe I was already a good teacher when, in fact, I was I was a great teacher. And, and you can imagine if you don't believe that it, it's, it's not, it's not possible for that to manifest. I was, I was partnering with lies that I wasn't a good teacher. It, it goes for parenting. It, it goes for engineering, it goes for whatever you're doing in life, but step back and really get clear is the thing that you're working for already within your possession. Because if it is, it's about changing your belief system. It's about aligning with what the truth is rather than trying to become that, that person that you already are. So I, I want to just scrape that a little bit more because I think that is, that is so insightful what you just said there. But it's very hard for many people that are perhaps listening to this to achieve that awareness that allows them to see that where do you think people can go to get a better sort of perspective into that? You know, I'm just looking at your bio here and you've talked about obviously, uh, you know, your friends and family and people around you. And you know, there are so many people that do sometimes surround us, you know, but where do you think people can go to get that awareness that actually, yeah, I probably am. I, I, can tell you where I go primarily where mm. I go primarily is, is, is I lean to God. Uh, mm. it, again, it, it comes down to my faith, um, which, which is so, so vital for me. Uh, yeah. you know, a big part of my journaling is it's not, it's not dear diary. This is what happened during the day. <laughs> yep. It's more or less, a lot of times it's conversations I'm having with God. And sometimes I'm asking him questions. Sometimes he's asking me questions, other times he's just sharing his heart and, 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 you know, and then still other times it's, it's silence. And, and we just know, we know what the heart of the other is, but a lot of times, one, one of the big things that I love to teach, especially in the church is, is our identity in Christ, because he, he, he puts that right out there. We have to know, first of all, who we are as new creations in Christ. And I, and I know I'm speaking to a, a you know, a, a faith-based community here, um, but once, once, once I've established who I am in Christ as a new creation and, and, and what I'm called to walk in and what I can walk in, uh, I, I, and I start building that relationship, I start to understand who I am to him, who I am as a son, um, you know, who, who women are as, as daughters of God. And that's been a really, really important part for me 
And sometimes, you know, I have to pay attention. Yeah, I, I was sharing with a group for years. God, is, God has just been telling me, Paul, you're a good man. Paul, you're a good man. And I have to sit back and think, okay, you keep telling me that, God, is there is there part of me that doesn't believe that I'm a good man? You know, because he'll, he'll, he'll share those things with me. Um, I'm not sure if, if, if that's a, a great answer, Simon, what you were looking oh. for, but. Yeah, I think it is, and I, you know, and I think sometimes we we try to look in the the furthest, farthest corners when actually we need to look closer to where we are right now in our lives and in our faith and in our businesses. And you know, sometimes, yeah, we we continuously think we have to look further and further where actually what we need to do is look closer. So yeah, I think that's a great insight. So, and I think for me, I, there are times that nobody has the answer that I need. He's the only one that has the answer because he knows yeah. me better than I know myself. Yeah, yeah. I think the, the the difficult thing I was reading in in my word for today this this morning, and it wasn't actually today's word for today. It's interesting, isn't it? Sometimes you pick up these um, these articles, and I read something called UCB uh, World uh, Word for Today. And if I'd have read it on the day that I should have read it, it probably wouldn't have meant anything. Right. But I've picked it up and I've either been slightly behind or I'm reading slightly ahead. But on that day, that has something that's so important. And today was about discernment. And it is that discernment that we need, isn't it? You know, it's that help to... Uh, hear things in a different way, decide things in a different way and have that discernment that allows us to explore what we're going through with a different aspect uh, and a different view. And certainly, you know, I, I took that away from today's reading as well. I mean, you know, it's made me think about that and going back to it, I'm going to read it again after we finish this podcast to help me discern, you know, and perhaps, you know, hear what God's saying to me and, try to discern it in the way that it's delivered not in the way that i think i should receive it because i think we're very good at trying to put our own slant on it and put our own influence on how we should listen to it and i think certainly as as christians in business very often we have that um i suppose need for business and life and our faith to be kept slightly different and we feel that that should be slightly different where actually they're all entwined and you know when we're we're serving god as as we've talked about and you and i talked about the other day you know they're they're all together they're all they're all one in how we're we're serving here and looking for that discernment and not trying to put our own slant on it and our own influence on it because sometimes we can do that very very too strongly um and I think that comes back to that reflection that you were talking about. And I love the way you say you use your journal. I think we should each take that time to just be still and reflect and discern and look for that insight and actually listen to the fact that, yeah, God is telling us we're okay. You know, we're doing a good job. And sometimes we need to hear that. I think particularly in today's pandemic and the way that things are changing, we're just about to go into potentially further lockdowns as I record this here in the UK. Sometimes we just need to to know that that actually, you know, we're we're okay, um, right. and he's got his his arms wrapped around us, and we're going to be all right. So I think that's really important. So moving on to the to the final question, um, because you're giving us so much to think about. I've got a post-it note full of things about you know the vital need to to reflect, 
um, interesting to hear that the biggest you know area of, of uh, grown and growth is is actually in yourself and having that sort of strength and working to your strength zone you're giving so many insights Paul and I thank you for that but thinking about when your next let's say coffee is going to be if you could have that coffee in a dream location okay now I'm going to stretch it a little bit here not just a dream location but is there anybody or anyone that you'd like to have there for this dream cup of coffee so i know it's going to be early in the morning because you said it's you know it's your first coffee you know first drink of the day where would it be and who would you have with you hmm. you know based on this conversation i uh in the winter i love the winter but the winter is difficult because i i like to go and hike but i can't process while i'm moving i've got to be able to sit and i can't hike up to the top of a mountain and sit in the winter for two hours or three hours <laughs> no. So in an ideal situation, it would be a nice summer day, nice summer morning, and I'd be hiking my mountain with my thermos and I would go up to my mountain where it's quiet and I could be alone and just with the Lord. And I'd have my coffee with him and overlook a beautiful, majestic scene in front of me of, of mountain after rolling mountain. I live in the Appalachian uh, mountains of New England. Wow. Yeah. And as you were talking there, yeah, one of my favorite um, groups, favorite bands is a, a band called Home Free. Uh, and they're an acapella group and they won some competition in the US and uh, seen them a couple of times over here in the UK. And they've got a YouTube video, uh, How Great Thou Art. And the, the way that they sing it is just amazing. But there is this valley that they look over uh, and it's got a single church with a footpath running down to this church in the middle of this mountain zone. And it's not just the song that they're singing. It's the look over the, the valley. And as I always hear them sing that, I always think about another hymn as well, Peace in the Valley, uh, which was one of my, um, my, my grand's favourite songs uh, that she used to love Elvis singing Peace in the Valley. Uh, but I always think about that. So I can I can be right there with you in that in that peaceful moment um, at the top of the mountain as well. And I'm a mountain person more than a beach person. So I'm definitely with you on, on that one. So, uh, yeah, but we don't want to be sat there in winter. We wouldn't <laughs> we wouldn't stand much chance of getting back down if we spent two hours at the top of the mountain, would we? It'd have to be in summer. So I'm definitely with you on that. So, Paul, you've been an absolute, um, you know, mind of information and enlightenment and you've I think you've given our listeners something of real value to take away from today and some real important aspects of reflection uh, both of our lives of our businesses of our goals and also of our our faith and our our thoughts about ourselves as well and how you know we we use that uh, whole set of what you've talked about today uh, to to move on from where we are and and to reflect and I really want to thank you for, for being a guest and for giving us so much to think about and so much to take away. And some podcasts are very energetic and very dynamic, but I think yours has actually been one of quite important reflection, particularly as we record this and, and I'll make sure that this goes uh, live very, very shortly in the new year, because I think it is that time of year. It is that uh, season to reflect both in our lives and in our time of year 
wherever we are to stop and take that time. So thank you very much for sharing that. I and mean, it's been an absolute delight, as I knew it would be. And thank you very much for, for being a great guest. Thank you so much, Simon. I've enjoyed this a lot. Yeah. And listeners, as, as you know, this podcast is of no use if you don't do something with it. So you know, don't just listen to it. Go out and do something with what Paul said here. Go out and look for that uniqueness in yourself. You know? And wherever you are, whatever stage of life, faith, etc., that you have, you know, just take some time to reflect and look for that uniqueness in yourself and uh, you know, make sure that you have that awareness that we talk about so many times in this podcast, but do something with what we've learned today. And otherwise, you know, um, our time hasn't been of value to you. It hasn't been of value to ourselves. And we want to make sure we give you the best possible value from the time that you spent listening to this podcast. And as always, please leave us a review. If something has resonated, if something has had an impact on you today, then please leave us a review. Let us know. Give us feedback. You know, it might be something positive. It might be something that has got you to think that actually, um, you know, hasn't been that positive. Please let us know what you think of this podcast and what you've taken away from today and uh, the impact that it's had. And as always, I look forward to having you on the next podcast. Bye for now. Thank you for listening. Don't forget, if you'd like any help and support with your business, do get in touch with Simon. And to discover what your business needs you to fix next, visit www.sterlingcoaching.fixthisnext.com. Please do subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. And Simon would love you to rate and review the show too. Thank you. Thank you.